Ladies, gentlemen, Jean-Michel Glachon again for the School of Regulation. I am welcoming this morning at the school in Florence, Herben Jan Herbrandi, a Dutch. He is member of the European Parliament and he has a big position. He is vice chair of the Committee on Environment, Health and Food Safety and other committees, but this one is really key for the discussion. And also contact person for the European Environment Agency at the Parliament. The people we need with us to discuss about climate policy and climate affairs. Herbenian, in your knowledge, what is the role of the European um, Parliament for European climate affairs? Well, thank you for this question and good morning. The European Parliament is, is one of the legislative um, institutions in Europe. So, Parliament is decisive together with the member states on what our climate policy contains. What are the European targets, for instance, for reducing CO2 emissions? So there the European Parliament plays a very, very important role in pushing Europe ahead and being more ambitious. Uh, do, do you keep track of what is done with the legislation you issue, you issue or, or uh, you stop looking at after having issuing any legislation? No, we, we, we do follow up. Um, in general, politicians are more interested in creating new policies ah, instead of evaluating mm -hmm. um, old policies. But we also have uh, different implementation sessions where we deliberately look into uh, the implementation phase of policies It's more focusing on the question whether member states are correctly implementing uh, um, uh, laws than on, on the actual effects. And that was one of my messages today, that we, we have to look as politicians more at the effects of policies as well. Okay, very good. And, and now let's look at something very topical. That's really the, the big thing coming. The COP21 uh, conference in Paris uh, about uh, international climate uh, agreements. How will the, the Parliament and your committee see it? And, and what are you doing for, for it? Well, Parliament is strongly involved. We visit all COP meetings. So I, I went to Lima, Peru last year, and I'll be in Paris later this year. For us, most important is that we uh, get at the end an agreement. And for me personally, what I find most important is after we tried the top-down approach with great failure in, uh, in Copenhagen, we now have this bottom-up approach where countries have to submit their own climate plans. Um, and I hope that we can agree on that and that countries like China, India, Indonesia, that they commit themselves to their own national policies. That would be, for me, the, um, well, the decisive factor that makes Paris successful or not. Herbanian, you look really interested by the topic you are responsible for and committed to it. And I will ask you another question. I'm a researcher. You are a politician. Most of my colleagues, and sometimes me also, uh, we, we complain against politicians. They do not hear us. They do not look at reality. do not look at reality, at the facts, at the, at the analysis we are producing. But let's be frank. Where are we wrong in the way we interact with politicians? Well, that's a very good question. Um, they're, they're two different worlds. Um, 
where researchers base themselves on rationale, on data, um, and whether this information is popular or not uh, does not play a role. For politicians, it's different. And I'm a a bit a strange politician because I focus a lot on science and I don't like politicians say something because it's popular to say it or because it attracts more, um, uh, more voters. On the other hand, it's a reality that as a politician, if you want influence, you need people behind you. So... If you have a message based on data that is so unpopular that nobody will follow you, then you have no influence. So politics is about power, and getting power is finding the right balance between using evidence, science-based facts, and this, saying it in such a I, way I, I that people follow it. you. I, I really understand it, and I find it extremely uh, rational. But where are we wrong as researchers in the way we connect or we link or we interact with politicians? Maybe you do not meet politicians often enough. Um, That's true. I think there should be a much more open debate between researchers and politicians. And researchers often, scientists, are often very knowledgeable in their own field, but not very knowledgeable in other fields like politics. So it it would be good for every scientist to get a short class on how how do politics work. Because it it is a complete different world. For example, the way we express our reasoning, our analysis, our results, is this a way that any politician can understand or not? Yes, I, I think they can understand. That doesn't mean that every um, scientist has it in him or herself to be very successful in that field. Mm-hmm. What I find intriguing um, is the dominance of media, television. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you see what I would call popular scientists yeah. who are able in a few minutes to explain yeah. a very difficult topic. That's true. And they are able to get people yeah. behind them. Yeah. And I think those people play a crucial role. And maybe the, the scientific world should focus more on selecting a few of them uh, do, to be more able to... to uh, what do you think about a typical uh, scientific report, uh, 147 pages... <laughs> And, and are these reports of any use? They are, as long as there is a very, very good summary with images. Yeah. And as long as it's presented in a, uh, in a good way. Okay. Um, quite often scientists, uh, they focus on the numbers, on data. That's very dry information. And they don't give politicians the tools how to use these data for a larger public. Yeah. So... Translating the data and making it, it better understandable for the larger public is, I think, one of the challenges for the scientific community. Should we use pictures? We don't like pictures. We, we find it very childish. But should we use pictures? In, in absolutely, absolutely. And I, I don't think the fact that you don't like it uh, plays a role. Um, live in the real world, and that's a world dominated by, by media and images, and face reality. I mean, I work a lot on biodiversity and, and the loss of biodiversity, but 
in the real world, it's more important that an actor like Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, is yeah, focusing yeah. on that than the most esteemed scientist in yeah. the world. And the last thing is about uh, timeliness. How to describe a window of opportunity to communicate? On, on timing, you mean? Yeah, timing. Well, timing is crucial. I, I gave the example this morning. If you present a report at the end of July, um, <laughs> it's, it's clearly that nothing is going to happen with it. Um, and if you're coming with your report after the whole policy process uh, has been done, then it will be put in a drawer and nobody's going to read it. So timing is crucial. Sometimes scientists are not really finished with their research yet, But, well, if you need influence, if you want influence, uh, sometimes you have to go out before you finished everything. Yeah, yeah. And that is a very difficult thing for researchers, I know, because you want to be complete. Yeah. But sometimes you have to if you do not want your work to disappear in yeah. anonymity. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I am 65 years old. I'm, I'm really academic. I'm a researcher. I'm even uh, chief editor of an academic journal. If we want to be useful for society, we have to be useful for society. We cannot speak Chinese at midnight to be helpful. We have to speak the language anyone can understand at noon when they are there. That's exactly what Herbernian is saying. He's interested by what we do, but we have to make it accessible, user-friendly. Is your is open uh, an open mind, but we have to have open access to our work. It was an excellent podcast, at least for me. <laughs> Thanks to you, Herbert Thank you very much.